This is the Get After It Podcast, where young professionals, entrepreneurs, and action takers learn what it takes to be a high performer. This is more than a podcast. It's a movement. Now, let's get after it with your host, Aaron Griffin. Welcome in, guys, to episode 103 of the Get After It Podcast. I'm stoked for our guest today. Mr. Joe Lisa. And Joe, I honestly, it, it's hilarious that I haven't had you on yet because you're one of my best buddies and we've been, <laughs> we've been friends figuring this game out for like five years now. And um, it, it's been so cool to see the shift since COVID where everything's going and pushing everything online, but also the opportunities that are opened up. Um, I labeled this on Facebook. We're streaming live on Facebook for our guests right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna go into a little bit of an introduction uh, for Joe. I said we're gonna be talking about grit, entrepreneurship, bootstrapping. Because I think Joe has some good comments on that. We can get him on some tangents. We'll see. He may <laughs> he may be he may be reserved a little bit because we're going on Facebook. So Joe, you gotta take the cool card and punt it because the audience right. wants some we want some goodies. But all right, I think all I right. met Joe. I think I met Joe on the way to Cancun. I, if I remember, on in uh, 2017, we met in the Dallas Fort Worth airport. Uh, we have both run uh, six-figure businesses. Joe kicked my butt, made way more money than I did. I think both years, but I did beat you in revenue that second year, which was always second fun. Year, yeah, you did. I had the van. Joe had the ambulance, which he's going to go into that story. Um, oh, yeah. but, but Joe bootstrapped his way up with with with, uh, with with not only his painting business, doing probably well over, I would say, probably close to a million dollars in just contracting work in your area and your neck of the woods in Ohio and in the Midwest. And now you're branching into Airbnb rentals. Now that's an understatement. We branched into Airbnb rentals last year. Now we're, now we're branching into actually highly profitable and revenue generating Airbnbs. You're out in Arizona. Your team is expanding well out of the Midwest. You guys have huge plans for 2021 and beyond. You're taking on investors right now. Ton of exciting crap, right? We're going to hit all of it, but dude, take me back for our audience that doesn't know Joe Lisa, which is, which is probably a good amount. I would, I would presume, especially on Facebook, Joe, give us, give us the background, the reader's digest version that I can't do uh, overall that I didn't do it justice. Maybe catch us up to where this crazy guy came out of before. Dude, thanks for taking the time too for the podcast. Welcome here. You bet. So you want like just a, a quick, rundown on on me and entrepreneurship or me and like airbnbs or what are we talking how about this we've got about uh 45 minutes of time here let's do the story and just you getting in first because i just uh, like basically recapping all of our calls for the last five years because we've never actually worked together but we've been in the same ecosystem for five years and i spent a lot of time getting to know you that way yeah. And also, I, I think the main stretches we want to dive into Airbnb. That's what I'm Airbnb. excited. So let's get the story out first, though. Let's dive into this. Yeah. Well, on how I met Aaron Griffin, Aaron Griffin himself. Yeah, I think the airport was definitely it. And then from there, dude, like we just would get on each other's ass back and forth on phone calls. That was a good time. Anytime that, especially do the uh, second year when. For a while, I was beating you pretty good on uh, revenue on everything on sales. And then you caught up in sales and then just started killing me because you're always, always beating me in production by like 10, 15 grand. And then eventually 
it just kind of catches up to you there and you uh, obviously are going to end up producing more at the end of the day because it means it means more than anything but um yeah, I was talking I, about our, I, our time with student painters starting yeah, with, student, with student painters there back back yonder that was a good time we uh had a lot of fun met a lot of good people and uh that's how how this all started so you know i would say that's really what kind of kicked kicked my like passion for wanting to to get yeah. into this in the first place so dude what's what's the route then from because one of the things I thought was hilarious about you with, with painting is like, dude, you're a scrappy guy in the sense that like you get pissed off when people don't do what you say they're going to do. That was like the T that was like the T end of our conversation, which was like, how do you actually just leading people? And yeah. it cracks me up because I, I think about student painters for those two summers that we were leading branches and then beyond it actually just sets you up. It gives you the, it gives you so many reps with figuring out the human relationship and leading others where it's not that it gets easy. It's just that it's no longer uncomfortable to actually go out and do those things. So tell us about like that transition from exterior painting into more contracting work, but also really just piling cash to be able to start chasing some of these real estate projects. Take it, it kind of catch us up on the back end for really what, what is your, like, why are you doing what you do? How did you fall into it? What's the excitement around the Airbnbs take us through like all the way up to where you're, what you're doing now, since when we were working together. Well, that's a lot of questions to answer all in one. So I'll try to start from the beginning of that. But um, I think just from getting the reps in student painters and like realizing that like every business can be ran essentially like a painting business, because you've got something that you're selling and something that you're producing and something that you're making money off of. Um, and then that's any line of contracting work. And I really truly believe in the, like, I'll figure it out type of method. Um, like you hear about guys like Gary V that just talk about like, just, you know, chasing what you enjoy and things like that, but like kind of figuring it out as you go, not having to know like all the answers to, Hey, this, you got to have your attorney in line. You got to have your accountant in line. You got to have your LLC form and all those things ahead of time. No, just, just figure it out as you go, because ultimately like you don't need to have any of those things ready to, to start your business. You need to just get out there and start the business. So um, that was kind of like where I got started with everything and um, realizing in student painters that ultimately if you put your mind to do something and you believe that you can succeed in that business, you're, you're going to end up succeeding. It's just a matter of how many hurdles and hoops you're going to have to jump through to, to get to that success. But um, from there, I, I mean, I still even, I still do lots of contracting work. We still flip houses, paint, do paint jobs, things like that. Whatever, whatever there is to make money. I mean, we we're, were even flipping watches and uh, Amazon pallets and, and just random stuff just to kind of fund lots of the projects that we're doing. Cause I mean, we're spending money like crazy to make sure that um, ultimately that people have awesome places to stay at and uh, create really cool experiences for people Oh, uh, while they're traveling. So. How has that played into, uh, for you, just like, what's the, how, what was the biggest setback that you faced in kind of going up the ladder and, and, and being comfortable getting into multiple? Cause now it's just like, you just said it right there. It's like, you just look for value. Like if there's value, we can make it from here. If we can, cause you have the time 
you're willing to invest the time in to figure out the capital on the flip side of it. What was the biggest though, like pitfall that you've had personally? I actually don't even know if I know this. <laughs> Despite us knowing each other so well, what's been the biggest pitfall? Is it what you're doing now or was it earlier? What's been going on for you in the last like three, four years? What was the biggest pitfall? Um, I would say the, the biggest pitfall is probably maybe the fact that like you just you're gonna have deals that don't work out or deals that are not gonna make you money and, and you know that like hey that's that's part of life that's part of business but you got to just move on from those deals and make sure that hey, the next one's gonna make me some money that's ultimately the the best you can do with it um i i would say that you know I, i've had my fair share of Hell, I've started so many businesses that have failed, dude. And I've literally, like, I mean, shoot, there's been so many just like little projects that we've tried that I've either given up on or just like kind of set to the back burner because I enjoyed something else more or it was going to make more money or um, there was just more of a drive around it. Um, but I mean, I, I try to kind of like, whatever it is that whatever the deal is that we're doing, whatever the project is that we're working on, I always kind of have like the end goal of setting up something that's going to be there when I'm gone, even though I'm 24 years old. So. I think you and I agree too, that like business is like the best vehicle for that. And, and, and uh, dude, before we hit on, I really want to get into Airbnb and talk about like for our audience specifically, how to get in, like how to actually get in, make headway and, and make yeah. progress. Tell us a little bit though, about like how you kind of stumbled into it. Cause dude, you've been high on Airbnb for the last couple of years as you started getting into the rentals game and your strategy has adjusted quite a bit. I know you've been working on like a book and you're probably going to be bringing out investors soon for the work that you're doing in terms of trying to find like the most, the best repeatable process and trying to bring down whatever's going to be scalable at the Airbnb yeah. level, which I think is pretty cool. Dude, talk about the like the journey. Like, what was the first Airbnb? How many rentals do you have on listing today versus then? Give us a little bit of the overview of the business and the work that you guys do now with just Airbnb. Yeah. So I first started out with just like doing rental properties in general. Um, and I realized very quickly that it's hard to make that a full-time thing. It's hard to make enough money from like one house or two houses to be able to actually profit something that you can live off. I mean, like, you know, if you're, you're renting one house out and it's got a set in a set uh, monthly rent of a thousand dollars a month. Well, if you don't have a mortgage on that place, the maximum dollar that you're making per year on that house is $12,000. There's no plus or minus to that. It's pretty much set. And that's if everything goes well, you don't have any issues the whole year. But then I've quickly realized that like, this was something that I enjoyed. I enjoyed properties. I enjoyed rentals. I enjoyed all of that stuff, but started learning a lot about Airbnb and how you can basically triple the amount of income that you typically would bring in with a standard rental into an Airbnb rental, because all you do is multiply the nightly amount by three, four, five, six, seven times the amount that you were charging essentially for a month to month. Does that make sense? 
I have myself muted and now, and now I'm just thinking on this more and more. Explain further on your personal experience with your first Airbnb. Like what, like how, how did it actually come to like posting it from actually, instead of going the rental route, like what was it like a Eureka moment realizing that you could do more with the Airbnb attack um, moment or no? I'm actually sitting in the first Airbnb that we ever did right now. But uh, the, this one was very much like a, Hey, like this one's definitely cooler than just like a house. So like, how can we make more money with this than just like a house that was normal? So um, this one's, it's on a little peninsula. So there's water on both sides of the street, kind of a cute little thing. Obviously you don't have to have that for Airbnbs. I mean, heck, there's Airbnbs that are just like apartments in downtown. Oh, shoot. I don't know what just happened there. And, and like, you know, downtown Columbus, Ohio, or downtown Houston or Nashville or whatever, there's a little apartment that you can rent out or in a little cottage or, or whatever it might be. But this one was like that kind of cool factor, but also the very like, unique affordable way to create like local getaways so people had the ability to like access the water they had the ability to kind of have like that anniversary that they wanted but not break the bank and they can you know drive a few miles down the road they had the ability to kind of enjoy the the views and and have that maybe family get together that they wanted to have in front of the water and go kayaking or, or whatever they want to do at that time um but that was kind of like how i got started into this one and it was really kind of a i don't know what the heck i'm doing but we got the place we decorated it and we literally had the listing up before we even had a bed frame we just had a mattress on the floor when we took the pictures and then we got <laughs> we got the bed frame in the mail before the first stay but we had we had pictures and stuff up like two, three days after we had purchased the house. So it was kind of a, now that's what my, my guys always talk about that, how I always try to like put pictures up before the places are ready. Um, because ultimately like, you don't know like what ready is until it's, until you have people there and they, you know, they start giving you feedback. So, yeah. There's so many ways we could go with that. Let's keep going. You got, <laughs> this is unit one. How many, how many rentals do you have now listed? How many beds? Just in on Airbnb on any given beds? day. I don't know how many beds, but we've got 14 listings on Airbnb. Uh, and then we have like normal rentals and stuff too. Um, but we've done that in literally like two years, if that. Well, so that's pretty fun. And how much of it, and we go into, actually before I get to the glamping that I'm stoked to, to jam with you about in the storage unit stuff. Um, is the only reason you're not converting the rentals there? Is there a reason particularly you're not converting some rentals to Airbnb versus others? Um, there's just not as much money in some areas to make it worth the, the time commitment. Um, there, so there's a thing called AirDNA, and you can basically predict and track um, what the mm -hmm. estimated monthly rental that you're going to get, like the month or monthly revenue that you're going to bring in for a Airbnb based off of a zip code. And it's right, like literally 100% of the time. I mean, it's, it's crazy. You just pull it up and it'll tell you. So if we get a good deal on a house and it's in an area, most of the time I like 
investing in like small farm communities for like long-term investments because the prices of houses just are pretty stable and they typically just consistently keep going up. Mm -hmm. Um, and then your renters are typically going to take care of the place and you're not going to get a lot of people that are riffraff that are going to come in there and and destroy things. So for long-term stuff, um, that's just been like, well, there's not as much Airbnb traffic, but it's a really good deal. So we're going to buy it. But we're starting to transfer a lot more into the glamping side of things because of the low startup cost and the, the, I don't know, the sexy factor, the fun factor of being able to really grow something crazy quick. Dude, what's the, just to give me an idea before we get into fireside, what's the like, just the on average, because obviously your operating costs are higher with, with, with running an Airbnb as opposed to, well, mm-hmm. just your time and energy too. Uh, but on average, you mentioned the example of you got a thousand bucks income, no matter what on a house, assuming there's no mortgage. So if we take that same idea, just of one, one rental property, what on average do you think on, for, for your properties, are you making on top of what you could be if it was just for rentals? And this is not a perfect question because some of these are not built really to be rentals. They're built to be short-term rentals, but what's like the, yeah. average, instead of a thousand, is it like 1700? Are you, how much are you generating? Like in addition to what you would be renting it out on average? Usually it's like three to five times as much depending on the area. So like say in an area, a one bedroom house or apartment is 500 bucks a month or without like say 700 bucks a month, whatever it is. I mean, out there, I know obviously it's a little bit different than like the rest of the world because you live in like a different planet in California. But um, in the rest of the United States where we have normal rental prices, (laughs) (laughs) I would say it's, it's usually typically like three. So like, you know, say it's $500, you're going to bring in 1500 to 2,500, three, three to five. So 1500 to 2,500 bucks for like a, an individual unit. So it sounds like an almost no brainer if you can go on the strategy. I want I want you to, uh, let, let, dude, let's move on. Let, let, let's talk about Fireside if we can. Cause like, yeah. I think I'm, I'm trying to stay there while I'm moving back. Uh, Cause I'll be driving back home for Christmas and then moving after that. So I think I'm gonna be trying to pass through Fireside. Dude, real quick, the, the storage, how long did it take to go from idea to actually getting in the ground with this? And then how long did it take you to actually get the first listing up on Airbnb once you broke ground with it? Cause dude, you move fast. Or for the yurts or for the shipping containers or which, which one? Let's start with the yurts. Cause the yurts were first and talk about your yeah. overall vision for that. Like for our audience, like give a, give a little bit of context in terms of what I'm talking about with these sites. So basically, um, I thought that it'd be really cool to create uh, glamping locations. And we started out with yurts because we saw someone else was, you know, renting out like tents and stuff on Airbnb. And we're like, okay, well, what if we went fancier? We made these things like really neat and put some more typical amenities that a resort would have in them at the place and made it this this classy glamping site and so from there that's kind of how fireside was born and we just started like throwing tons of ideas at the wall and figuring out what would stick 
and uh, we just drew up this little village and I was kind of like, okay, well, let's, let's see where, where a good place to, you know, make this thing happen is. And yeah, there you can, you can kind of see some of the, the beauty we've got there. There's some videos that we've got up there too, uh, on like my main page. And you can see like, we, we basically in the first, we went out there in September of this year and had the first unit up and ready to go in three days. And we had the whole place done in 12 days. So we went from idea to like, we brought this thing out there. We drew it all up and everything. We flew the guys out there. We flew out there. We had a great time and we made, uh, we had three year units and then two tiny houses. And essentially all this stuff was up in about 12 days. So you had five units in 12 days. Let me mute myself while I'm speaking. Uh, can you do? You, can you share numbers on it in terms of like what kind of investment it took to actually get some of the stuff? Because for the listeners of this only, we had the uh, Instagram up. You guys should check them out. Fireside, what is it? Fireside, fire, uh, excuse me. Fireside, fireside lodging. Fireside lodging underscore in, in the middle. Um, check them out on Instagram. Tell us a little bit about the numbers though for Airbnb wise, because this is like for to me, it sounds like a home run in terms of COVID. People are trying to avoid you guys are setting this up in kind of a remote area but it's semi-close to well it's actually super close to the grand canyon if you're going there but it's close to a lot of other things so that's where you're targeting putting these things what are you talking all in investment and then what is it generating just overall revenue wise yes yeah, so williams arizona is where they're at it's a beautiful town it's very hallmark type town um, especially this time of year would highly recommend christmas time New Year's, that's when traffic's a little bit slower, but dude, telling you, it's so cool. Um, as far as the overall, like, setup, everything all out the door for the first five units, purchasing the land and everything, um, it's actually extremely crazy, but we only had about just a little over $60,000 invested. Now, granted, you're not getting a loan from a bank for that because it's a very out there idea, so you have to have a lot of upfront capital to be able to get something going on that end. Um, but still to have five units for $60,000 is almost unheard of in any market of real estate, any realm of real estate. Um, that's, that's pretty crazy. So we went from that to uh, our first month. If you assume like each unit, uh, we averaged about $1,500 a unit. So five times 1,500 is pretty solid. Let me keep muting myself. It sounds like a better investment than a mortgage. That's insane. Because really, like you're talking about the the returns generated on, are generated are big. I think the biggest challenge we talked about it is probably just the locale, like actually getting the zoning, getting all of the stuff together before you get out there. But then like to actually take initiative and do it, there's a reason why we got you on the Get After a Podcast, man. This is nuts. You guys are flying out there and putting these things up in less than two weeks and you're creating a source of revenue that's going to continue. And if you guys just heard those numbers, I mean, $1,500 on average per unit, it makes sense if you're renting them out somewhere between $30 and $100 a night, depending on demand, just for people to actually come there and do the glamping. You guys should check out their Instagram, Instagram, because it's badass what they've pulled together and actually been able to execute on this. So what's the, what's the like, 
before we go into the long-term play with this, which is what you guys are tackling right now, yeah. let's talk about somebody who just heard those numbers, but they also are kind of hearing like the, the idea of Airbnb and doing this. It's like, whoa, that sounds like a good idea. We're talking about this. There's probably like two people we have in mind. The first person is someone who has capital potentially to invest into something like this, but they're lacking the time. Okay. The other yeah. person is probably low on capital, but has a bunch of time. What's the step for maybe that person and probably both of them to just get their first rental up? And what strategy would you go? Like, is it, is it that you should get a rental up, start learning the game and then go after and launch your glamp village or whatever the case would be if you have the time and the capital, or is it build up and kind of like you guys did where you just bootstrapped it, kept reinvesting the profits, saving up until you can launch something like this? Um, so I guess first I'll address the person that doesn't have capital, doesn't have a ton of money saved up um, because that's a very large amount of younger people in general. I mean, that's something that's kind of a, a crazy thing in this world. We, we really got to learn how to start saving money people. But anyways, so just to kind of dive into that, there's a lot of different ways that you can get into uh, Airbnb in unique, un very, 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 very unique ways. You don't have to actually own any real estate to get started in Airbnb. And that's the pretty sweet part about it. Um, I don't know if Aaron's told you, but he actually rented out a van before uh, on Airbnb. And you can literally, like, you can rent out, anything that you can think of. I mean, we've literally rented out campers. We've got campers. I've got my ambulance on Airbnb. You can start with something very, very unique. And that's not, it's not going to cost you a ton. I mean, shoot, you park it in front of your apartment complex and people that are traveling throughout the area. Yeah. It's, you know, they are, have to understand that maybe the bathroom is a little different. Maybe their shower steps a little different. Maybe they don't have it at all. Uh, but it's a way to get started to learn the game and kind of start generating an extra source of passive income that essentially all you're doing is messaging someone and turning the sheets and making sure everything's good to go and everything's clean. Um, from there, you can also level up a little bit more and start getting into like the arbitrage game. Um, and what that basically means is you would basically go to a landlord or an apartment complex and you would lease a unit from them. And then from there, you rent that unit out nightly. So if you're, let's say, renting a unit out and it's a one bedroom apartment and it's in Columbus for Columbus, Ohio, and it's $800 a month for one bedroom or 200, two bedroom apartment, whatever it might be, um, you're starting out at your $800 and you basically need to make sure that you're making at least that much money plus, plus some. So if we start into that, you maybe set your rate at Columbus. It's a pretty high traffic area, but you would then go into AirDNA. You dive in there. I'm not going to get into like the nitty gritty of everything, but you figure out what your price should be per night. Say that price is $50. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing out a random number. Say that price is $50. Well, there's 30 nights a month. Typically with Airbnb, you book at least 80%. So if you're booking 24 out of 30, your number right there is 24 times 50. What's that, Aaron? Like 1800 bucks or something close to that? 1200. Yeah. 1200 bucks. 1200 bucks. Sorry. My, my math isn't great. You yeah. don't have to be a mathematician to get to do, to do great at Airbnb, man. But uh, so then basically, if you look at that, you're 
your cash flow on that unit is a unit you don't even own. You're just renting it. So basically you could walk away at any point. You could go and move to another town and do the exact same thing. And you've got $800 a month that you've got to pay and you're making $1,200 a month. So essentially your, your profit is 400 bucks. So 400 bucks. Hey, it's not a million to million dollars or anything, but Hey, it's a way to get started in the game. And I promise you that the numbers are a lot better than that. It's just, I'm just giving you an example to kind of be very, very conservative and very, very like, Hey, this is how you can make a, a side hustle profit turn into a full-time gig. So that's kind of addressing like the more someone that doesn't have any capital to get started side. The other side is someone that's got capital. We can kind of dive into like a million different routes. You can go that way. Mm. Um, number one, it kind of just depends on how much capital you have and where you're at. Um, there's a lot of different things that, that kind of play into that. Um, especially young people though. Heck dude, save money, build your credit. There's a lot of things you can do with buying a house. So I like preach, like you can, you can make a lot of money with property and property is something that's permanent. It's going to keep making you money. It's going to just keep growing up in value. I mean, it's not like something that can disappear overnight. It's there. I mean, unless you have a fire, but then you got insurance and you got another property. I mean, it's, it's, it's insane. So I, I, I'm kind of off on a tangent here, but I'm telling you, like, it's a really, really smart thing to get into. And people oftentimes don't realize how easy it is to get started. You just have to have the balls to do it. You just got to try. Mm. there's there's loans out there that are like 3.5 percent down i mean shoot on a hundred thousand dollars 3.5 percent down it's 3500 bucks like come on you, you start saving your money and you can you buy a hundred thousand dollar house and hey that's not a million bucks that's not a ton of income streams but it's one thing to get you started and you own the asset so that's pretty cool um this is on that awesome. end I, I was just, dude, I was just thinking too, for a lot of people who fled cities, who are like a ton of people, I know that listen to the podcast, but also just in general, who got out of the cities, got into the suburbs. I don't think we're going back to cities really anytime soon. I mean, we're, we were talking about it. Like I'm going to be moving to Nashville. I don't even think we're considering in the city. We're looking at outside Nashville. The reality is like, if you're looking at, my point would be, this would be a phenomenal time to get in on a property because the money's basically free. They're giving away from the bank and they're printing more of it every day. So you may as well just get your share of the debt from the bank, but then actually getting into a property where you may not want to be there a year from now, two years from now in that area, but you have all the reason in the world to be able to service that property and get out into the country where you can find more of these deals that are going to be in your favor which are under probably $250,000 where the average person can bootstrap 5k within three months. Not, yeah. not that challenging if they've got a good income, a decent income. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's crazy how easy it is. It's, I know that sounds, it's not easy, but it is easy. You know, it's a matter of like, if there's a will, there's a, there's a way. And if you, if you want to make it happen, I'm telling you, like, it's, it's going to work. Just, just don't make excuses. But ultimately, if you're in the side where you've got a little bit of money, you've got different options that you can go. And heck, you could even go the route where you do something more unique. You add, maybe, maybe say you already have a house and you're considering having a secondary unit on your house. 
So maybe it's your basement. You convert your basement into a crash pad. Heck, Aaron and I, we stayed in a, a garage in Texas once. I mean, like, it literally, the, the guys converted their garage into an Airbnb. It, that's, it, it's mind-blowing, but those people were renting that garage for 200 some dollars a night. Yeah. A night. So they're basically living for free, which is, it's nice. I mean, to, to have hardly any actual, I mean, it's not a ton of day-to-day. It's a lot of just like being accessible on your phone. And I know every single one of you people in this, that's listening to this podcast is on your phone all the time. Mm-hmm. It's just, that's just how it is. That's all we all are. But I mean, that's, it's another, another route you can go is, is be, you know, buy a house, rent a house, whatever it is, but create a unique space off of that thing. Or maybe it's finance a shed and make the shed look pretty on the inside and learn on Facebook or YouTube or, or whatever, how to, how to make that happen. I was thinking, first of all, we've had almost 10 or so people at times. I think we're down to about half a dozen, but we've had almost 10 people live on Facebook. Uh, guys, drop questions. If you guys have them, we'll, 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 I'll keep an eye on the questions. If we have any, uh, we've got Joe for at least the hour. So we'll see where we go with that. So drop some live questions. I got a couple of, I want to get to from Instagram in a moment, but uh, I was just thinking too, diving in on the actual, just getting into the Airbnb. I, I, I literally can't, I mean, I slept on a, on some guy's couch out in uh, Mount, Mount Rushmore, right? The guy literally just had a couch, it cost me $12 to sleep on his couch for the night. Awesome dude. Like, like great, like great guy. Couch was, dude, that's, that's entrepreneurship, man. <laughs> and the, the second one Joe mentioned was, uh, was a van in Austin, Texas that I slept out of for a couple of nights. I think that cost me like 30 bucks or something to sleep out of a van, out of the back of someone's van. Now I froze my butt off. That was, that was freaking cold. But uh, to, to, to even drive further on, if you have good credit right now, dude, the other thing is obviously you get, honestly, probably not even great credit. You probably don't even need great credit for what I was talking about or what I'm about to talk about, which is the appliances. Some of the more expensive things you want to put in a unit, if you want to fix it up and just take a space, because I'm thinking of that Austin unit, that Austin unit was a legit garage that they put up essentially two walls, right? To separate the bathroom, the little laundry room, and then the actual like entry. And then yeah, they, and they like went to Ikea or something. And you can finance, you know, a brand new, brand new uh, washer and dryer. Uh, and you can put that off. So it's like the startup capital to actually get into one of these things is not going to be crazy high. And the pro too about, the suburbanized area right now is everyone is looking to get away. I mean, how, what's your capacity right now on your ratings? You said that you, are you guys averaging 80% and above on fireside right now? Or is it a little, how is it looking out there? Yeah. The, the first month was probably like, I mean, it was, it was the first month. So obviously it's not yeah. great, but we were at like 70. Now we're, you know, a couple months, actually we're a few months in now and we're, we're damn near like 90% at least. I mean, some of these places are booked every single day of the month. And I mean, you know, some, we could probably be charging a little bit more, but we're really just trying to build the brand and get the name out there. And, and that's why we're, we're, you know, keeping the rates at where we're at. So people can really just enjoy traveling and, and kind of get the, get the understanding of our places and, and really just enjoy the experience of, of being at one of our places. I got a question from Facebook. We got Andrew greetings from Michigan. What's up, man? Uh, Andrew wants to ask, uh, just for, in terms of the national shutdown, has that changed your business? And do you expect a, a recovery closer to 
what is he saying here? Closer to pre-pandemic numbers. Dude, it's, it's helped my business exponentially. People are traveling in the United States domestically almost 30% more than they have been normally because people are working from home. People are tra- like national park travel is up 18%. We're located like directly outside of a national park. We're, we special, like that's what we're, we specialize in national parks. Like that's our goal is to be at every national park that we can be at in the United States. So it's, it's actually helping us. I, I hate to say that like in a positive light, but like, it's, it's great. Um, and, and people are also seeing that like, they've got so much more freedom being able to work from home, being able to work on the road. And they're never going to be able to get that opportunity. Heck, I don't know how many people I've talked to when I've been out there in Arizona at the, the yurt village and stuff, just hearing like their stories and, and, and learning like what they do. I mean, there's all these people that work from the road and they're like, yeah, I just decided that I'm going to go to every single national park I can go to, or I just decided I'm going to go see as many States as I can while I've got this time, because I don't know if I'm ever going to get this chance to do this again in the next 20 years of my life, which is, it's awesome. I mean, it's literally our business is exploding because of it. So pre pandemic, I I would say uh, like typically your numbers in Arizona are lowest during this season. Um, You're usually looking around like the 50 to 60% capacity. Whereas like summertime, you're usually like always 90, 100%. Like it's, it's really hot out there. I mean, it's, it's hot and it's, it's very busy. So right now, I mean, we're, we're at summertime numbers and it's been like that almost this whole year now. You know, it's also, I was just thinking here uh, in terms of the, the, the people who have rentals in, in metropolitan areas, it's also a great time to travel in the sense that you're probably going to save money on Airbnbs because a lot of people got fleeced out of the market in March. But I remember talking to you, I think your, your bookings went down like literally for like, what was it like a week or something? This was before your glamp, before you had the glamp yeah. stuff. But I remember talking to you in like April and you're like, dude, I'm hitting record numbers. Yeah. I mean, it, it was weird for, there were, for about a week we had cancellation after cancellation after cancellation, but immediately all those cancellations filled right back up. And I mean, you get cancellations here and there, but because you know someone tests positive for COVID and they can't travel or this and that but you know what ultimately like the majority of people they're they're just living life because right now is an an awesome time to do that and you know it's also for setting up an Airbnb you're 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 actually geared towards a very simple audience because older people for the most part are probably traveling a lot less which means mm-hmm. that there's more simplistic travelers, either solo travelers, couple travelers. You're not looking at large groups as much. You're looking at single, really like single young people that have the disposable income, which we've always been told that Americans somehow just don't have despite this national pandemic shutdown and everyone's figuring it out. <laughs> I want I want to hit a couple other questions here. We got uh, Jared Nelson, shout out Jared, one of my best buddies from home. So he says he's uh, he's planning to get married He's has uh, he's got they're they're gonna have two incomes. Um, would you recommend starting out renting an apartment or purchasing a house with a twenty percent down payment? I'm sure Joe, you're immediately gonna ask, and I would I don't know the terminology on it, but 
Jared, I'm pretty sure for your first house, you should be able to qualify to put a lot less down than 20%, especially if you're gonna live in the unit. But what do you think about yeah. that? Buying a home versus, I don't know if he's saying versus renting. Maybe he's looking at, is there an advantage to putting more down in this market? This is what I would say. If you're, if you're having any thought in your mind that you wanna get into renting something, um, don't start, I would say buy, buy something, but buy an asset that's going to pay you. So at least no matter what you live for free, buy a duplex, triplex, quadplex, you can get a, uh, an FHA loan, which basically means that you can pay down 5%. So you don't need to pay down 20%, you pay down 5% and you can get anything under four units. So four units or less is qualifiable for an FHA loan, which opens the door to a lot for you. That 20% that you may have also can, I mean, the, the tip. Typically, it's, it's essentially multiplied by four. Your, your buying power expands by four when you're only paying down 5%. So you can buy a lot more. Uh, your rate might be a little bit higher, but when you're buying something that's for an investment, essentially you're making money off of it. So you're willing to take a little bit more of a risk to, to pay for the rate that you, you, you're, you know, a percent difference or, or a lot of times it's like half a percent difference. It's not really a ton. And right now is a key time that I would say if you can like buy, like buy smart, obviously, but if you can get into something with two, three, four units, live in one of them and rent the other two, the other one, two or three that are left, that's what I would recommend doing. I would say, don't do the apartment. Don't do the, you know, just one individual house. I would say, try to get a four unit complex as quickly as possible and rent out the other three units and live in one of them. Is it fair to say to an extent, at least right now, at least in this market, if you are uh, settled down, you're not planning on moving, like making a big move. Um, and if you have a steady income, where you, if you basically, if you have a job or you have, you're, you're making money, you have a little bit of disposable income that you can scrap together over a few months to pull, pull together a down payment. Is it, does it make sense to rent in the market today with how cheap everything is? Do you even think it makes sense to just get a mortgage potentially even not to rent to offset your rent money? Or do you, do you think you should exclusively be pushing for a duplex or something where you can rent out the additional space? I, I love the idea of renting out additional space. Um, I mean, there's, there's definitely scenarios where you, where you could, should rent, um, and I mean, heck, the thing is, if you don't know that you're planning on staying in an area, uh, I wouldn't exactly say that right now is the perfect time to buy if you plan on leaving in the next year, unless you realize that like you're going to buy multi-unit complex and then you can run that as a rental once you leave, then it doesn't matter. I mean, you can have a four-unit complex and essentially hire out here and there when you need to, when you're not in the area. And most of the transactions that come from rent money people can pay online and you never have to deal with it and yes maybe that's not airbnb but it's still full full rent you know what i mean you're still making money off of that asset um but you could even do it as airbnb and hire people from care.com uh to clean it and do your turns and then you just communicate with them online i mean heck i'm, I'm literally in michigan right now we've got a place out in williams uh, or well, we got multiple places out in williams but williams, um, arizona Arizona. Yeah. So, I mean, like you, there's, there's so many routes you can go, man. It's just a matter of like, 
like I said, just, just ball up and do it. Like just start. And, and you know what, if you fail, you fail, but like you're young. Everyone on this podcast is young. Everyone that's listening to this podcast is young. Like take the risk. Now you don't have a huge mortgage payment. You don't have a, a crazy amount of, of kids to, to feed and anything like that. You don't maybe, yeah. it, it, there's not a lot of risk associated with the fact that all you got to do is make sure that you pay that $500 a month payment. You know what? You, there's a lot of people that you can, you can walk outside and figure out a way to piss $500 into your hand. So don't get scared about the mortgage payment thing. I mean, I would, I would say just jump in and, and take a risk. I got uh guys, we got a little bit more time here. Post questions. If you guys are watching this live right now, we got a couple more here. Let me dive in on Matt Harvey. What up, Matt? Um, congrats on division of the year. Oh, wait, no. Oh, wait. <laughs> All right. Matt Harvey. <laughs> well, that was a little blow. Matt, uh, no, how do you, man- no, they had a great year. Ohio, Ohio didn't, uh, we're, 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 we're poking some fun at Matt for uh, student painter wise. Uh, he says, Joe, how do you manage tenant changeover in a Airbnb, multiple States, et cetera. I think he's focused towards, he says, obviously you have to do some tidying up in between uh, tenants. Uh, he also says, yikes. Uh, about our joke about the vision of the year. <laughs> yeah. how, how do you manage the maintenance? I think is, is the, the bulk of the question also managing state to state. Yeah. So depending on uh, it's, it's all kind of like trial and error and, and like trip, like seeing like how large you are um, at the beginning, all we did is we would hire people on care.com and care.com essentially is a place that people usually go to that are like house cleaners, they're nurses, they're, they're usually assisting elderly people. That's what they're doing. That's what care.com was originated around. But I find people on care.com that are cleaners. And then I, ex- I explain to them, Hey, look, this is an Airbnb. You're going to be cleaning it this many times, essentially probably in a week, this many times in a month. I need you to be dependable. I need you to be someone that's going to show up every single time. I need you to make sure you're cleaning it. Well, you get one strike. If you screw it up, then we're, we've got enough people that want to do this that it's, it's a no brainer. Most places don't take more than a half hour to clean. They're making 15, 20, 25 bucks on the cleaning fee. So you multiply that out throughout the week, throughout the month. That's a pretty good side gig for, you know, your stay at home mom or or that girl that's in uh, college. That's like just trying to make some side money on, on like outside of classes and and whatever the schedule is. Um, or, Or even, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of different options, but that's, the main thing I would say is, is care.com has been very, 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 very good. Um, there's a lot of other sites too, but it's, that's just works for me. You post in Facebook, shoot. Um, and then now, I mean, obviously like in Arizona, we've got a property manager that's stud out there, Connor. I mean, he's, he's a really good guy and he, he, you know, he, he makes sure that shit gets done and that people are taken care of. And if there's a problem, he tackles that problem right away. And, uh, that's, you know, that's just part of when you, when you start to grow, you have the ability to, to do that as well. So are we talking, it was care.com, right? Care.com. Yeah. I was going to post that here on, uh, our Facebook for, uh, clean. We're talking about care.com. I'll get that in the comments, but, uh, I want to ask you here, I'll actually just real quick go into, we got a couple questions from Instagram, which we can hit in a second, which are actually great. We're going to talk about mindset, Joe, you ready for that? Some big okay. um, but with uh, Matt Monjet, he says he's curious on Joe's thoughts on going into real estate with some 
type of partner or partners. Wow, there we go. Um, we have a, a friend of ours, uh, Chandler Bolt, who uh, runs self-publishing school. He has like a hilarious story <laughs> that Joe and I were just talking about. It's like literally like uh, Ch Chandler will say something along the lines of like, uh, it's a story from a mentor of his about how he loves all kinds of ships. He's a big yacht guy, loves sailboats, all that stuff. He loves all the ships. He said, but, but don't put me in a partnership. So I think what he's getting at is how do you set it up maybe professionally, like what, cause you, you, you've worked with partners and you've moved on from partners and you've had different, you've had, you also have a lot of people that have helped and wanted to get in and investing. So I guess let's look at it from, I guess, uh, the, the, the young professional, young hustler standpoint of it's your first project, right? Your first investment. What advice do you have for somebody in kicking the tires on a partnership? And I think the big thing he'd probably be getting at is pooling money together that would make it more practical to be able to get into a property. I think that's one reason why people are looking at a partnership and that might not actually be a good thing, right? So I want you to jam on yeah. that. All right, so this is what I'm gonna say about partnerships. They can be good, they can be bad. I'm not gonna dive in too much into them. I've, you know, that there's there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, fun in, in doing stuff on your own and being able to be the one that makes the decision at the end of the day. And that's, I like to make the decisions at the end of the day. Um, but I would say, especially starting off your first one, uh, do it on your own. You're going to learn the most. If you do it on your own, you're, you're going to, I mean, that's what I did. The first, you know, the first few I did, that was, it was by myself. You're going to learn the most that way. Um, you're taking on all the risk. Yes. But you're also taking on all the reward. Um, if you're talking pooling money and you're like, Hey, I don't know how I'm going to be able to pool the money to do this, to do that. Well, this is the thing. There's, a million people out there that have said their whole life they wanted to get into real estate and then they never have the balls to do it. So number one, you can talk to people in your family. Number two, you can talk to private lenders that like we live in a, in a, like a time that money is more accessible than ever. You can literally connect with people from all these different countries that mm -hmm. want to get into the American market. And what's their best way to do it? A young college kid that's going to hustle his way through a project and make sure it's profitable no matter what. That's like, that's a, it's a win-win. I mean, they don't have the, the leverage of paying their health insurance. They don't have the, the fact that they have to pay for a mortgage already. They don't have a, a baby to feed. They don't have a pension or a, a 401k and they don't have all these different things that they got to make sure that they're funding too. So ultimately for an investor coming in, they're going to look at you as a better a better opportunity for them because they're going to make more money on a deal with you rather than someone that's seasoned that's been doing it over and over and over. So I would say look for private lenders, private lenders, literally searching Google, private lenders, look at the reviews of them, obviously, but like there's so many private lenders out there, love them. Um, just, just make sure you pay them back and then you're good. Make them a make them an offer they can't refuse, right, Joe? Yeah. How? Uh, let's hit Jacob uh, Brower here off of Instagram. He said, "Dude, what's what's the most important piece of your daily mindset?" Most important piece of my daily mindset. Um, I would say that 
no matter what happens, I definitely have the mindset of we'll figure it out. Um, and that like, you know, it's, it's just like Jacob for, for you, it's just like anything when you're, when you're painting a house, there's always some kind of problem that's going to happen. There's always something new that happens. And essentially as an entrepreneur, your job is being a firefighter, but, um, having, having the mindset of figuring it out. And there's always a way to, to, you know, like there's always tomorrow. Like there's always, you just, as long as you're going to figure it out, you're, you're golden, man. And just chase your chase fucking happiness, dude. Be happy. Let's get this. Uh, let's get this banned from Facebook. Let's just start cussing a storm up in here. I'm kidding, but <laughs> there we go. we're good. Uh, yo, guys. Um, by the way, Joe's doing. I think you just mentioned on average out of your latest uh, property, we're doing like somewhere between five and seven and a half k a month on Airbnb properties just from the glamping. You're building an app, which we want to talk about. We're over on our time. Can we stick around for ten more minutes? Yeah, sure. You know, uh, guys, I was saying this for the people watching on Facebook. Uh, you, you guys should have questions. <laughs> like we should have more questions right now. This guy is cash flowing uh, more than I think. I think we're in like the top three or four percent of Airbnbers worldwide. So we should have more questions in here coming in on how to get into Airbnb, how to get going from there. Joe, uh, another question from Brower here to wrap up his questions. Uh, his other one was just, what were the hardest and easiest parts in your first? uh really starting your airbnb business so we already we already went into some of that maybe center it towards like like maybe i would even say like uh you have such a big picture mind with it you have a huge vision as to where you're headed with it how do you keep your head how do you keep your head fixated on the big you know city in the hill um when you're dealing with bs problems that i mean i still remember when we were in the austin unit and it was just a big, we had, we had, we had a problem with one of the tenants at one of the Airbnbs and it was just a pain. You're on the phone, you're trying to figure stuff out again. Like what keeps your head focused on that headway thing to maybe add on to Jacob's question? Um, I would say the fact that at the end of the day, like you're, you're creating something for someone, like you're creating an enjoyable experience for someone. So at the end of the day, you want to make sure that it's something that they remember. Um, if this is their anniversary that they're going out there and um, staying at your place or if it's their birthday or if it's their, I, I don't know, if they're traveling to Arizona, if they're traveling to Columbia, like whatever they're doing, they're going to remember that stay. So like you want to think about that. I mean, at the end of the day, you want to make sure everyone's happy. Um, I don't know. If this, does that answer the question? I'm thinking more, I, I, I well, you know, it's like we, you're talking about the unique spin on the unit itself. Yeah. What if we go more so even on like when you're fit, when, when crap just hits the fan and you're putting out four fires at once, what make, what, what pushes you through that? I would say the fact that I know that it's like, it's still beautiful. It's still fun. It's like, I don't know. I, I find enjoyment in like helping people out. And like, if some, if something happens and it seems like it's negative, uh, you can make it positive. And it's, it's ultimately like, well, Hey, you know, I, sorry that this happened, but at the end of the day, still an awesome place. Like, how are we going to make this, uh, how are you going to make this positive? If the, the heat goes out, how are we going to keep warm? Well, 
this is awesome. We get to cuddle up even more. Or, or, or we figure out different backup ways to make the heat work again. Um, I, I don't know. They're just different things. And, and heck, they, that's even one of the things that we'll get in a review here and there. Like if the heat does go out, then they put in there like how it was this unforgettable thing because it was, it was so funny and it was so fun. Um, and, you know, then they ended up figuring out how to make it work or, or this or that. Um, but it's, uh, I don't know. I, I think ultimately, man, like it's just something that you enjoy problems because you also enjoy helping people get through problems. Uh, a lot of problems are just like as simple as like not them not knowing how something works. Mm. Um, and they think it's a problem, but then you explain how it works and then they're like so happy afterwards that like you just like saved their day you just made their experience so much better so i think that, that i get like a little bit of my dopamine from that i get a little bit of you know that the happy vibes from helping people through the, those struggles so solving the problem is fun i got a couple fire rounds i'll hit you with um but real quick Lou, if you guys are watching on facebook uh and if you're doing a replay or if you're listening to the audio version of this only uh, and you want to ask Joe a specific question, like hop on the Facebook, put replay so that we know that you're, you're commenting via replay and tag Joe and myself. We'll, we'll engage with you on the, uh, on the Facebook post here uh, for, yeah. we're, we're going to be doing these, we- these weekly. We have them over the last couple of weeks. So we're just going to keep rolling with it in this episode of the get after it podcast. Uh, I, w- I have a couple of questions related to Airbnb. I want to roll into them and then I want to close with kind of your vision, where you're headed. You got some cool stuff in the works, uh, which I want to hit on. But real quick, just a fire round. What are some uh, uh, states that you want to avoid investing in in terms of real estate? What are some of the best states that you're looking at getting onto? I think Arizona wasn't just you know a coincidence that you guys went there. It's trying to find, in a lot of ways, the best local municipalities to work with because it's so tough in terms of transferring actual land into a place where people are going to be living. So there's a difference, right? There's people who are just mm-hmm. getting into a pre-built property, which is 95% of Airbnb. Then there's people who are actually looking to build a property. What are some of the best places to get in? What are some of the worst places to get in? I would say um, the best places to get in. I mean, I'm still finding those every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you go into AirDNA and you just play around with numbers um, and just kind of play around with zip codes, that's the best way to find a good area. And then you have to base it off of, so the number that you're going to bring in and then the cost of land or the cost of a house in that area, because ultimately just because you might bring in $5,000 a month in California, doesn't mean California is a great place to invest in because your cost of your house might be a million dollars. Whereas maybe in other area, it's a hundred thousand dollars to get in, but you're making $3,000. So at the end of the day, you're making more money per the dollar that you're investing in a less sexy of an area. Um, I think that's, that's one of the, the biggest things when it comes to like finding a place. Um, what was, what was the other question? I think more so just on like for, for you personally, I got, I got a couple of different ones I can go with, but like just states, specific states that you, you, you're looking oh, at in terms of expansion and maybe actually go into, go into kind of what you want to do. Where are you guys envision this next couple of years? I know that's formative. That's always kind of shifting, but where do you want to yeah. get? What are some of your goals? 
so I, I'm really not a fan of like the of California and New York as a whole when it comes to investing in those areas because it's just over everything's overpriced. It's hard to um, work with municipalities and things like that. I don't like bureaucracy. Um, I would say um, areas that we're planning on expanding to are typically out west, but we're also looking at like um, different parts of Michigan and, and things like that where there's nature. Like I'm, I love just like the beauty of nature and like the connection that you can make with people in nature, the connection you can make with like anything in general with nature. Um, they always say like nature is like Earth's greatest healer. I mean, you literally can mm -hmm. go into nature and, and feel that you just were revived. So um, that's really what I want to focus on. Uh, our growth looking forward is we're actually right now kind of planning a our, our next location near Zion National Park um, and kind of want to conquer Utah. Um, there's a lot of national parks kind of in a, a little hoop in Utah. Nice. Um, so we're going to try to like Bryce Canyon is going to be one of the, the next next projects. Uh, Zion's going to be one of the next projects. And then eventually we're going to get, you know, like Yosemite, some other places, keep going out west. Again, probably trying to avoid California, but we'll see. Um, uh, the there, There's some things that you might, you might, it might be worth it, but um, – kind of i don't know I, I right now I'm, I'm really excited because the uh opportunities that we're kind of presenting to people uh has really helped us be able to expand and be able to share our vision and share the experiences that we're creating with more people uh because of the fact that we're taking on investors allowing them to basically partner with us for a three-year period to get into Airbnb without actually being actively in Airbnb for a very low startup cost. And then they make money. We make money. Everybody's happy. And then at the end of the day, they have the opportunity to three years later, decide if they want to keep working with us or go another route. And it's a really cool, cool thing. Um, but it's helping us really grow. It's helping people that are looking for passive investments to find a way to make money with Airbnb through us. It's also helping people that are traveling have awesome places to stay at. You know, it's right. That's like, that's the goal with all of it. So. All right, guys, I want to thank the people who have been sticking around on Facebook live real quick. Our last topic I want to hit on Joe uh, later. I think it's this week. Airbnb is IPOing <laughs> valuation of $30 billion. I know you're an early investor in Airbnb. I want to get your thoughts on that. I also want to hit on for the people who are serious about getting into the Airbnb game. What are the sites in addition to Airbnb where you need to list? What's like a bulletproof, like just some actionable things that somebody can really like almost like a list where they can come away from this podcast and they're going to have like their three to five action items that they got to get clear on. Let's hit on that. And for all of our friends on Facebook, uh, we're going to end the live, live stream. So go check out the Get After It podcast. Uh, we're available wherever you get your podcast. Joe and I's podcast will be up later tonight. Uh, make sure you come back through and listen to the last five, 10 minutes of this uh, for the action list and actually Joe's thoughts on IPOing Airbnb at $30 billion, which is the value of the Hilton hotel chain, Joe. 
which is nuts in terms of a marketplace they have. Shout out Facebook. Thanks for uh, chilling with us, guys. We're going to end the stream. That being said, Joe, it's just you and I. We're back here. We're vibing. We're now with the homies. These are the people that have been on with us the whole time in the podcast. Shout out to you oh, guys. Yeah. All right, Joe, where do you want to go? Do you want to hit on the action list first, or do you want to tackle a little bit of your thoughts on Airbnb just in general and the IPO? Well, let's do action list and thoughts. Cool, cool, cool. So, so, so somebody is in the shoes. They, they heard a lot of great knowledge from this podcast. What do they got to implement on? What are the rocks that they can write down right now and start moving on? So first thing I would say um, is they really just need to, if, if they've never stayed in an Airbnb before, stay in an Airbnb and see what it's like. Um, that will really help you understand like what it's, you know, what the ins and outs are, what it's like to communicate with the guest, what the expectations are uh, for a rental itself. It'll help you really kind of get your mind around what that looks like. Um, then from there, I would say educate yourself as much as possible, but don't spend too much time educating yourself. Really just spend time searching because once you find that place, it's more like you learn as you go. It's not rocket science to decorate a house or decorate a, a unit, a shipping container, a yurt, a camper, whatever it is. It's not rocket science. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of having the, the willpower to do it and do it quickly because the quicker that you do it, the quicker you get it up there, the quicker you get it up there, the quicker you get bookings, the quicker you get bookings, the faster you get feedback. Once you get feedback, you know if you're doing good or not. And if you're not doing good, hey, there's nothing wrong with that man or, or woman. There's nothing wrong with that at all, right? If you take that feedback it's actually great. and then you, it's not even you implement it. that stuff, yeah, it ultimately that's how you're successful in this, man. It's it's not it's not about immediately winning. It's not about like, hey, we got five stars our first day. That's that's great. If you do, that's cool. But you're still gonna have people that have complaints. You're still gonna have different issues that you got to learn how to 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 make better. And you, the only way that people will have a negative time is if you let it be a negative time. So ultimately, mm -hmm. if you have some kind of issue, you take care of that issue. And then the next guest doesn't have that issue. Or if they have some kind of recommendation, you implement that recommendation as long as it makes sense. I mean, obviously, like if they say, hey, I really wish that we had a prayer room in this yurt so we could face Mecca. Well, you know what? Like, that's kind of a little bit above and beyond. Like, maybe we could do right. that, and uh, maybe they could ask for that, or I don't know. You could say there's a prayer pillow or something. I think, um, but I think, it, I think your I think your your huge point too is like, you're, a huge part of this is actually learning. It's getting your hands yeah. and actually learning from it. And the only way you can do this is to actually have paying customers, like to actually yeah. get money from somebody and do something for them and review it. Doesn't it's not even just an Airbnb, right? Like. I preach this all the time with some of the guys who have startups with um, I'm thinking of a couple guys right off the top of my head who are just doing new raw skills. It's like, okay, guys, well, what are you, yeah. how are you monetizing this? And I'm not saying that like you need to create an income source out of it. I'm literally not even going about that. I'm going about the fact if you're serious about building up this skill, which eventually then comes a huge part of it that you can generate from the skill. It's a reason why you're doing it. It's society wants the, the skill that you're providing you can actually learn and hone in your skill much better and stronger instead of doing freebies and trying to do this. So it, people try to avoid building a business out of it where it's like, forget about building a business. 
just hone your skill, bring in a customer where now you actually have to deliver for that person and accept their feedback. Yeah. And, and that's the only way that you're going to actually know if you're doing good or bad. I mean, you could spend months trying to perfect your Airbnb before your first person comes in. Well, guess what? Then you just wasted months of, of true valued feedback and, and learning and, and, ex, and, and just like customer experience, customer relation. I mean, like all of the, the whole thing. I mean, the only way that you can go is by just going. Like the only way you can start is just, you just do it. So we got two takes I want to finish with. So I think our main thing, the action list is get yourself to in front of customers as fast as possible. That's not just with Airbnb, it's with anything. Get yeah. yourself to the point where you're working for somebody on that. And um, I got two things I want to hit you with. Uh, first of all, let's talk the Airbnb stock. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, like what's up with Airbnb? Uh, how is How are they, why are they unique in the sense of you know, in terms of the cloudless market share, do you have an idea in terms of how much market share they have on it? And how does that impact you? How does that impact you as someone who is a contractor with Airbnb? You don't actually, you don't actually work for Airbnb or with Airbnb. You're only just using their service for the most part, right? So you can jump ship whenever you wanted to. Um, yeah. What's the value in Airbnb? Is it simply the traffic and the na- the fact that it's a name brand now where people just know that? Yeah, so... Um, a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot of other sites out there that do the exact same thing as Airbnb. A few of those that we use, VRBO, HomeAway, Trivago even, um, and a place called HipCamp, which is very popular out West. Mm-hmm. Um, they, and, and they're, those are extremely well, like they're great companies as well. Um, and they, they all have their different target markets and whatnot. Um, the big reason that Airbnb is such a the hit thing is i mean they they really branded themselves well and they they spent a lot of money on advertising to make themselves known as the guy um beyond that they're um they're very their app is very user-friendly and that's very very big i mean heck you look at most of these successful tech companies the ones that grow the fastest are the ones that are focused on easy easiness for the user i mean you can book an Airbnb in as simple as like three clicks. So it's, it's not rocket science and anyone can do it. Um, I, I definitely think that it's crazy that a company that doesn't technically own assets that are tangible is valued at $30 billion. But I also think that our world is transitioning to companies that are that don't have assets that are tangible like that anymore um those those are the companies that grow the fastest because they don't have things that are holding them back when it comes to actual capital to get things running i mean they're obviously still there's always in any business there's always capital bottlenecks but um i I think that it's really cool that they're able to grow this business that's basically just connecting a person that wants to stay somewhere with a person that's got somewhere for them to stay. Mm. Joe, you got to make me a promise and come back on in 2021 and let us know how you are crushing the game then. And we'll do this. Oh yeah, man. Thanks for coming on. This has been an awesome episode. You have any lasting thoughts, anything you want to, we want to end on anything just in particular. And really, and actually, if I could drill down on it, 
I want your thoughts on this Floyd Mayweather versus Logan Paul fight that was just <laughs> in terms of marketing. Is that not just marketing genius for both of their brands? I mean, it's hilarious. Dude, I, right? I think it's awesome. And I, I do think that as much as people hate Logan Paul, I think that what he does is Brilliant. freaking Brilliant. so smart. And um, you know I think the, just, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, I was going to say, I did a podcast on this where it's like, if you go, uh, I, I, I was watching uh, a tour of his house in LA, right? And he's got like, you know, mansion, whatever it is, but it's built. He's got a studio built into the basement for their, for their podcast and everything that they're doing. And he's constantly working, right? He's always just working. He's always growing his stuff. And uh, the house reflects that. But one of the things that goes up into his bedroom and on his wall, I thought it was hilarious, on his mirror in his bathroom, there's tape. By the way, I, I literally, this might be the only video I've ever seen of Logan Paul. It's, it, I don't actually follow his stuff besides I've listened to a couple podcasts where we had uh, Brant Pimvedic on earlier and he had been on their podcast. So I oh, wouldn't cool. have watched, That was actually how I found Logan Paul was through his podcast, which is hilarious because he's much bigger on YouTube. But this guy who's got all this crazy stuff going on, all these things. What does he have in his bathroom mirror with painter's tape? He's got his 2019 like goals, like his mission. He's got like three, two or three mission statements, things that are like, he's reading every morning, he's seeing it every day. And then he's got who he is. And like, he's reading these two things. I thought it's like, if we could just nail down a couple small things that people could do it's amazing how your mindset is the first thing that's got to shift. I mean, how many times for you and I in student painters, did we see people come in with so much freaking talent, but they did not want to put in the work and it was just their brain. Like their brain oh, yeah. decided that this was not worth it to them because entrepreneurship, you cannot justify this. It's too hard. Like, you know I mean? It doesn't make sense. You should not do it. If you're doing it for money, it makes no sense. Just get a skill and go get a job selling the skill directly and do contracting. Do not get into entrepreneurship and running your own business because you could never justify the amount of time that you got to invest into building up these projects. Well, like you said, one of the things that he puts in there is some, like something about like his purpose, like why you wake up every day, like what do you do? But at the end of the day, mm -hmm. if what you do isn't something that's making you happy and it's something that like makes you feel like, hell yeah like today's an awesome day let's you know get after it right yep then then essentially what are you you know what are you doing with with your life like you, you should reevaluate your life at that point and i think that it's it's big just living with purpose every single day that like having that goal and that like mm -hmm. end thought of like if what you're doing at that minute and what you're doing at that that time and and whatever it is isn't making you happy then basically you're you're wasting your own time and you only got so much of it so focus on that happiness and as an entrepreneur like that's an awesome thing because you can truly grow a brand and you can truly grow your business you can truly grow your capabilities you can truly grow yourself everything if you are focusing on you being happy because you're just that much better of a person every single day mm. when you're well, like, when you're doing something that is making you happy. So that's We're gonna end it there. What a rant. Joe, oh, yeah, how do people find you, man? If they made it through this whole, uh, listen, how do they find you on socials? Where can they engage with you? Um, what's going on, man? What are we doing? They can find fireside at fireside underscore lodging on Instagram. 
Um, and then they can find me at Joe Lisa Airbnb. So show me messages, connect, let me know your thoughts. And uh, I'm always willing to help people out. So holler. I love it. Thanks for coming on, man. Maybe we'll, uh, I'm, I, I, I'm saying this and now we got to maybe commit to it, but um, in my road trip coming up back home, um, maybe we can, maybe we can try to do an in-person one at one of the Airbnbs. We can figure it out. We'll do something. Right. We'll have some fun with it. Either way. All right, Joe. Good stuff. Bye,